Man, I just I don't like Fred Armisen, but every other thing I see him in actually makes me laugh. So I know, like, some of you guys aren't the biggest fans. Joe loves him. Joe's a huge fan of his. But, no, um, I don't. Joe doesn't like him. I thought I Joe think. hates him. Yeah, Joe, Joe doesn't, doesn't like him, guys. Either. Come on. I thought we'd roll with that joke and for, oh, for the fuck. listening right, sake, oh, I really liked yeah. him. But we discussed this earlier. That. We can go back. We can edit. No, that. no, it's yeah, fine. We can edit. <laughs> Welcome back, everyone, to S1E1, the show where each week we pick a different sitcom, watch just the first televised episode, and forgetting anything we might know about the future run of that show, rate it and decide if it's a show we want to greenlight or cancel. This week we're going to be talking about Brooklyn Nine-Nine. Brooklyn Nine-Nine went 153 episodes over eight seasons, originally airing on Fox for its first five, and then switching to NBC for season six through eight. Today we're talking about episode one, which was called Pilot, originally airing September 17, 2013. So to get things started, I'm Jay Gag. With me, as always, the boys, most of the boys, Nick Ferg and Gordo. No Joe this week. What's going on, guys? Hey, I'm, uh, I'm gay. On bitches, I'm gay. <laughs> Congratulations! I should have told us last month. Um, so, in any event, yeah, Brooklyn Nine Nine, um, pretty popular show. Uh, I assume you guys have all watched it to some degree, or at least been somewhat familiar with it. Yeah, yes. I was. Uh, this was my pick, um, and I watched. I want to say maybe like four full seasons of the show, and then I just never. I just stopped. What season are they on right now? Eight is out and done. The show is over. Okay. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. So I got to be further along than four. Maybe seven or something. I'm, I'm, I was close to the end. I just can't remember. But then I just stopped, and um, I was hoping maybe this would get me back into it. I had only seen this episode when it first uh, aired, and now again. I've seen a episode of this. Uh, which one? I don't know. I think it was something to do with the captain's boyfriend. I don't know what season that was or anything like that, but I remember it being funny. So... The first time I ever saw anything from it, it was like, I don't know, just a random episode on television. And I don't know, I figured I'd like it because of the creators and everything. And we'll talk about that in a second. But I don't know, it just didn't grab me in that moment, like catching a random episode in the middle. But um, then when the pandemic hit, I was sitting at home for a while, not doing a lot. And I just, I bombed through this show quicker than any show I've ever watched, like and binged. <laughs> Which is funny too, because it's not yeah. like a quick watch. Like there, it's like network. You know, I had nothing lengths. but time, <laughs> and yeah, Touché. I I watched at the time only seven seasons were out, and I watched them in like a week. It was crazy. I had wow. nothing going wow. on, <laughs> and um, how many episodes? Per so They're season twenties, like right? Is out in I think that was only like an eight to ten episodes. So we're talking like a. Like 130, 140 episodes, I watched them like a week. It was it was a lot. Wow. And yeah, yeah I mean, since to be completely honest with you, I've watched all but now like the finale, like the last episode or two. I have not watched still and need to. I just haven't gotten around to it. Well, maybe you'll do it now. I wanted to. It's not even like a lack of interest. It's just a lack of time, and you don't you don't think about it after like the fact. So now that I hadn't watched it, maybe now, yeah, I'll be re. Um, reminded, yeah, but um, I was yeah. actually surprised that 
for a network show that this was only 22 minutes. Usually they kind of go a little bit longer. Well, they should be 22 minutes usually because that's like with commercials, they, it, it's, it formats around that time. Usually when you start seeing it outside of the 22 minute range is when you're like on cable and like the streaming sites, which kind of there's no rules. So they kind of do as they please. But the yes. goal is always to hit it right around 22. The show must be expensive, huh? With the amount of mainstream stars they have on it. Yeah, and just the way it's shot. And well, were they though back in when this? Yeah, was... they were. Yeah, I mean, Sandberg at the time, were they? So was Terry Terry Crews? What was Terry Crews doing at the time? White chicks. <laughs> After White chicks, he was a, he was a top commodity. Come on, he was Cheeseburger Eddie, man. You baby back bitch. <laughs> Uh, and yeah, just to look it up real quick, Rotten Tomatoes uh, has a critic score of 95 for the show, uh, 87 by the fans. And then that kind of goes through with IMDb uh, average rating 8.4. So it's a solid B type of show, I guess, uh, yep. when you when you look at the scoring. Created by Michael Scherer, who we've covered every show he's created at this point. So really? We've, we've done Literally? Rutherford Falls, we've done The Good Place, and we've done Parks and Rec. So this is now the fourth and final of the four shows that he created. Right. And then like The Office, he was just an executive producer. We haven't done The Office yet. And there's a, a ton of shows that he's actually written for, or produced. I mean, if you take away Rutherford Falls, he's got a pretty good uh, track record. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and as mentioned, we've covered all those shows. So if you're fairly new to us, go back and, and listen to those. You can go to s1e1pod.com. Or if you're listening to us now, you're pretty sure how to listen to us. But go to s1e1pod.com and you can find our social medias. Our Instagram, our Twitter, who knows, maybe a thread will pop up now, <laughs> who knows. So yeah, you can go and listen there. One thing about Michael Schur I was unaware of, and I don't know if you guys knew, but did you know that he's in like a scene in the OC? No. Uh, I did know that. I can't remember which scene it was, though. It was like some weird, I think um, Summer had like an otter or something that she found, or maybe it wasn't an, I, I, was that I when she the... was in college and she was an activist. I think yes. I might have sent a picture of that the last time I did a, a watch through of that show. So uh, I, I didn't know that until today, just doing my preliminary homework and, and looking so Jay, up some you, stuff. Jay, you were unsure as to whether he was... Oh, I see what you did. I don't. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Michael's sure. Oh. <laughs> and then it's actually... This show is co-created, by the way, with um, Dan Gore. He's done a few things, but he's kind of all over the place. He's done a little reality and some writing and... This is like the main show he's created. Okay. And there's there's another show that he's like he created that um j it just like came out this past year. It's with Craig Robinson and I f I think it's called Killing It. I watched the trailer for it. Basically, it doesn't even it's ring like, a bell. It's a Peacock original. So, um I, I kind of want to check it out. They basically have to kill snakes. I don't <laughs> I watched the trailer but oh, okay. It's like GI Joe. Are they like, no, it's, oh, it's like, I don't know how to explain it properly. I only saw the trailer and, and not like just now. So are they like Florida men killing snakes? It's probably a Florida thing. It's probably just recycled like clip uh, scripts from Ghosted, but they changed it to snakes. Yeah. Ghosted, another show that we covered. Uh, and most of you wouldn't find that familiar because no one knew that Ghosted <laughs> happened. But um, you can go back and listen to us cover that one. That was starring him and Adam Scott. Great show. So, uh, yeah, I guess we might as well get into the actual, this show itself. And it starts off when we meet Jake Peralta, played by 
Andy Samberg. Andy Samberg, obviously, you would know from his work on SNL, That's My Boy, Stuff with the Lonely Island, Hot Rod. Are you guys Samberg fans? I know. I was not until this show. I couldn't stand him, actually, until this show brought me completely around on him. I know I'm Joe a fan. I, I've always been a fan. Yeah, and I was going to say, Joe's not here, I know, doesn't like him. Maybe I'm actually really upset Joe's not on this one because I know it's a show that without seeing he would say he's not really into, he probably wouldn't like, but I'm, I would, I'm curious to see what he thinks of this. I don't know. Joe likes everything. Joe's going to agree No, Joe doesn't like the mainstream. Like He the, doesn't like New Girl. He hates like New Like the girl. things That's that... True people like he doesn't <laughs> but uh yeah so anyways we see jake and you get him like walking into a building and there's like a tight shot of his face and you get like this like dramatic monologue he's talking he says this job is eating me alive i can't breathe anymore i spent all these years trying to be the good guy the man in the white hat i'm not becoming like them i am them and then you meet amy who's like hey what are you doing he's like oh i'm just doing um a speech from Donnie Brasco, which I've never seen Donnie Brasco. Me either. And they're, uh, they're both cops in New York, and they're trying to solve a robbery that happened. And they're in this, like, I don't know, it's like, is it a thrift? It's not um like a Oops. pawn shop type store. It's just like a small electronic store. Yeah. yeah. System. I don't want, I don't like want a mom and pop no. one. Yeah. Yeah, right. And to pivot real quick, like, I feel like, although I'm very pro small business and supporting small business. There's no way that it is financially responsible to try to buy any electronics from a mom and pop shop. It, it's so much more money than going to a big box place. It depends on what you're looking for. If you're looking for like a niche thing, a mom and pop might be the only place where you could get it. But outside of that, like if you were to buy like a mainstream television or something, the targets and the Walmarts are better. I'm thinking like guitar pedals and stuff like that. Like, if you're familiar in a few malls, I know the Galleria has one, and maybe uh, I can't think of the other place. They have it's specifically a camera store. Yeah, so I think like local cameras. I mean, not local. Um, like mom and pop camera is for some reason. I think because better... like hobbies like that have so many little gadgets and lenses and, and things that you can do that and you can there's a huge demand for used which you're not going to get at like a best buy yeah and you want someone somewhat knowledgeable to talk to about things right like that because it's such a specific hobby there's like, one yeah. in uh downtown crossing too yeah, yeah. that's Brumfields, yep. i think for the, for, for the small select few of you that are actually from our area listening and are looking for a camera yeah, but I think like yeah, if you want like if you want to buy a big flat screen TV, if you go to a mom and pop shop, you're gonna just spend an extra three hundred dollars for no reason. Correct. Right. So uh yeah, so they're trying to figure out what's going on with this uh robbery. And Amy's talking to the owner and she's got like her notebook open and she's trying to get some stuff done. While she's talking to him, Jake just starts playing like eighties hip hop music with the keyboard behind and he stops. As she's continuing on, we figure out that Jake, who's... We find out, like, Jake's a good detective. He's super childish, but he's a good detective. Yeah. And yeah. while she's trying to gather all this information and notes, like, he puts together in his head, like, oh, wait, we're in an electronic store. There must be a camera somewhere in here. And lo and behold, there's a nanny cam that's, like, hiding in a stuffed bear that um, he finds and has all the information so you can find the robber. Um, the actual footage of them right. as uh, they, they watch the, the camera. Smart. Smart, but weird that there's a camera inside a teddy bear. What year was the first season? 2013? Yeah. 
Okay, so, you know, we're coming up on 10 years now. I think uh, just all that kitschy camera shit was probably more popular 10 years ago. Yeah, but wasn't, like, standard regular cameras, like, in the corner, like, already a thing? Like, maybe not the nests and, like, the cheaper ones. Those weren't as accessible as they are now. Like, now I feel like it's very commonplace to have, like, the nests and stuff in your house and have a ton of cameras everywhere at all times. But even with those in existence, the point of like a nanny cam is to have a camera that's not super noticeable so you can see if they're doing something, you know, without the knowledge of being recorded. It's right in the name, nanny cam. It's to yeah. catch the nanny from stealing your knickknacks. <laughs> or like, have you seen like the footage of, of like times where like nannies are just straight abusive to like small children? It's like, yeah, that it's stuff horrifies up. me. Yeah. And it's just like, I don't, I don't understand why you get into that line of profession unless you like just enjoy hitting kids. Like, why do you want to be a nanny if you yeah, have no tolerance for children? So because of this whole camera situation, Amy's just claiming that Jake got lucky in that he found it, but you know, he's just, you know, chalking up to good detective work and holds up that uh, bear in front of her and starts just talking in the bear voice and says, you know, it's uh, like, I've forgotten who I am. I've seen terrible things. I haven't known the touch of a woman in many moons. I, I, I say this as an Andy Samberg fan, but he's already a little bit much for me, in the, even in this first scene. I uh, I agree. I thought maybe... Um, and, you know, I thinking back, it's been a long time. Thinking back, I think this... Um, I might have watched the pilot and then not gone back to it for a long time because I just wasn't feeling Andy Samberg. Yeah. Uh, but I agree. This part of it was not, I was not into it just because it was just so Andy Samberg, like SNL annoying. See, again, I come from like, I like Andy Samberg. I think what paused me on the show partially was like, I'm not huge on like cop shows. So that could have been part of it for me. And I didn't know if this was going to be like super forensic y or whatever. But I don't know. When you look back at it and you look at the creators and the style and the people involved, it, it wasn't one, I, I don't know. My blind assumptions, I guess, just we're off but we get to them actually at the precinct there's like they're all sitting around it's like the whole precinct sitting together the whole detective unit and there's a big um dry erase board and amy has to like go up and you can see that her and jake have a competition for like most arrests this year so she has to like score one for jake on this uh arrest at the store they were just at and we find out some of the details about this competition that they have but do you guys to get right into it Right from scene one, and it's not addressed in this episode too much. Is it, do you get the vibe right away that Amy and Jake are meant to be together? Yes. No. They're the will they, really? won't they? Of this no, series. I didn't get the... Not right away. No, I didn't get that. Uh, I mean, so eventually, they're yes. Not, they're not overly flirty. And I remember in my original watch of the show and, and just watching it now and trying to remove you know future information from my head, but I think it's one of those things that we're just predisposed to any time you see the lead male and lead female in a show that they are supposed to end up together. Well, I just yeah. think it it's 99% of the time how it goes. So as soon as we meet them in scene one, as long as we're not exposed and find out that one of them is tied into somebody else already, which happens a lot, but even, even, yeah, even then it doesn't end up mattering. <laughs> but um, I don't know, right off the bat, I'm like, okay, so this is going to be a thing. That's funny right. you said that because I, Compare their like relationship from this early stuff to um, Superstore, the two main characters who end up together. Definitely got yeah. a yeah, I could see that vibe for sure. It's funny because as we say that, that was a case where we do find out like she 
is with someone, in, you know, early on. It's kind of like the reveal. And we covered Superstore uh, a long time ago. That was yeah. like like a like a reveal towards the end of that. Like I remember like seeing the episode in the past, and even when we rewatched it to do our show, being like caught off guard. I was like, oh shit! So now while they're all in um, this like briefing room, or whatever, they're going over a murder case that's come up, and there's like a slideshow that Jake's presenting to everybody. And they're doing the as they're doing the slideshow. There's like this <laughs> this woman's face who pops up. Uh, as they're doing like all the different like things they need to go over for the case. And she has just this like little dot on her chin that they're like going back and forth over what's on her face. Uh, they, th- they think it's like flan or b- butterscotch pudding or then old, um, old person. Gunk. Yeah, just old person gunk. <laughs> <laughs> they really harped on the old person gunk, which I thought was really funny. Yeah. I just like the idea of like this woman puts in her headshot to be part of a show and like, oh, this is actually an easy gig. We just need a photo of you or whatever. And then like you go back and like, oh, my episode of TV's on. This old it's person just, gunk with like a booger on your face. They had that yellowish. Oh, I guess a booger could be in that color scheme, but. It's probably peaches. Old people love peaches. <laughs> Why though? Hey. Why do they love peaches? It's probably soft. easy on the teeth. Yeah, it's exactly yeah. that. They're soft. But it's like got to be like the like the the canned ones helps you poop yeah. you. Do they go? Yeah, peaches. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. All, I, I just, isn't that like all fruit? Well, I mean, yeah, all fruit is that. But uh, there's Bert the wouldn't know because he doesn't eat fruit and veggies, so he just he heard that. <laughs> Especially like peach. I remember I like there's a thing apples. about um, World War Two in like the Pacific when they they went without food for a really long time and they finally got it. And one, like one of the first things on top was just canned peaches, and they went fucking ballistic with these canned peaches, and like a thousand dudes got the shits <laughs> because they were just crushing canned peaches. Maybe That's the canned peaches the are what does it, and the <laughs> juice and stuff. But you know what they were put there by a man in a factory downtown. Woman. Oh, uh, one no. thing uh, about this briefing I should mention, too, is, you know, you had already mentioned Terry Crews, and he plays Terry on the show. He has Tony Danza syndrome, <laughs> but he's like the sergeant, so he's like the, the superior for all these guys. And during this briefing, he's informing everyone that the new captain's showing up today, too, so we know a new ca- uh, character's being introduced to these guys. Kind of like a common thing with a lot of shows, right? Like, there's always, like, somebody starts the day the show starts. Doesn't have to be the main character, but there's always a new person who kind of joins joins in when you get get there. It's not yeah. usually someone in power though. It's usually a rookie or of some sort. Yeah, depends uh, on the show's angle. I think of The Office too. Like Ryan, it's his first day, and yeah, you know, we did news radio. This that was a a main character situation where it's you know somebody's first day. But I think it's um for workplace comedies, it makes sense, right? Because it's a good way to introduce everybody. To that character, which in yeah. turn introduces you to all of those characters. Right. Yeah, it's smart. I thought, yeah, I thought that was really smart, yeah. The first example of one of our shows doing that was, um, was it News Radio? Yep. Yeah. Who didn't do it really well, if I remember. Yeah. News no, Radio. they were like, because yeah. they had too many characters. And too many characters, and they you. rushed it. This has just as many characters, and they did it right, though. You got to know everyone in less time. Yeah. So, and right. the ones that are, like, lesser, like, you don't... Uh, like Scully and uh, I forget the other guy's name. Yeah, but like older. You don't... <laughs> I knew what you were gonna say. <laughs> but you don't need you don't need to know much about them yet, so they don't give you anything. Like it's fine. 
it's an allure of mystery, which I do yeah. enjoy because that opens up like whole future storylines that you don't need to get into in the pilot. Well, yeah, you like you mystery, of, the truth is out there, Goro. And I hate to keep bringing up The Office <laughs> as I bring it up for the 20th time already, but, you know, you look at that show and how many characters are in it, but half of them, like, barely even speak in the first episode. Yeah. I don't remember the first episode. Doesn't, like, Kevin that. have, like, one line? That's why that. I'm really afraid to do that show. I love The Office, but, that, I mean, the pilot is... I wouldn't say it's bad. It's just not what the show becomes. Yeah. Like, it's very, very different. Well, we can discuss that when we discuss the Yeah, office. we'll eventually. I don't know when, but yeah. we'll eventually discuss it. It'll be a big one. It'll have to be a, like a like a big benchmark episode. Anyways, we uh, we see uh, Gina, who's at her desk. She's kind of like the secretary. Um, Damn, of... Gina. <laughs> I don't. I can't remember what her official title there is, but she's essentially the like the administrator. She, uh, what's Holt says it later. He she's, she's a civilian a, administrator. Um, civilian administrator. Yeah. Oh, I didn't pick up on that. She's not a cop. Yeah. No. Yeah. Right. Yeah. She's not. So. She's sitting at her desk and Charles walks up to her um, and he's asking if she knows any scalpers. He wants to take Rosa, who's one of the other detectives there, to a Rihanna concert, <laughs> but uh, it's sold out. Charles is one of those guys. He's been in so many things. Do you know you got? Yeah. That's all I think about. That's all I can think of, too. He's, he's been ruined yeah. by that role. <laughs> oh, also Andy Samberg in that movie. I never realized that until right now, actually. Which movie are you referencing? Yeah. Uh, I love you, man. Never sorry. Fantastic You've never seen movie. I Love You, Man? Great no. movie. You got to watch it. Oh, yeah. He's in, uh, he's, he's in Role Models as well, right? Yeah, he's like the- Andy Samberg? Oh, no. no that, um, uh, Joe Trulio or whatever yeah. his name is. Oh, at? yeah. He's uh, one he of the, the like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. He That's is great. Him, is it? Yeah. Yeah, it is. Like K- Kuzik? Yeah, it was like him and his- He's the one who had the son, right? I forget. Yeah, yeah, he he's one of the LARPers, but um, yeah. So he he wants to take uh, Rosa to the Rihanna concert, and Gina's basically like, in in so many ways, says like, "You do not belong at a Rihanna concert." Gina's basically saying, "This isn't gonna work. She's not into you," but without actually saying it, he's just not getting it. Well, he eventually she eventually tells him. That she has a type, which is really anyone but him. And he's like, yeah, that's my ex-wife's type, too. <laughs> and then he's I think so, he like, up... sadly matter-of-fact. Yeah. And he kind of settles on the idea of, you know what, I'm just going to try to, like, take her to a movie or something like that. If he, if he can drum up the nerve to ask her. And then we see Amy, who's leaning against Jake's desk, and asking him if he's heard anything about the new captain. And... He's like, well, I don't know. I just hope he's like like the last captain because the last captain let Jake essentially do everything, anything he ever wanted to. And Amy's not for that because she's looking for someone who's going to like help guide her because she eventually wants to be a captain herself. So she's kind of looking for a new mentor. Yeah. And the last captain, as Jake said, was just kind of a whatever, just kind of sat there and at the end of his career and just kind of lets the, the precinct run itself. And mm-hmm. we see a flashback and it's Jake and Rosa sitting in chairs, uh, and they both have like fire extinguishers to like power them to roll the chairs back. Is that Simpsons did it? Have they? <laughs> and is that possible? Yeah. 
Yes. Oh, yeah. It's definitely possible. I'm glad I'm not the only one that asked that question. Because I was yeah. like, is that possible? Is that stupid that I'm asking this? I've shot off my share of fire extinguishers over the years, too, by the way. It's one just... of those, if you were to like give yourself a kick and a roll on one of those chairs and then did it, you would get a lot better results instead of starting from like a dead stop, I think. But it's Nick, definitely doable. Nick, I feel like you've done this before. We've I, just played. We've talked about this last week too. I think. I feel like we you've shot him in the neck with one. Played a, a with fire extinguishers a lot. I don't know why I had so many fire extinguishers in my basement, <laughs> but I did. No, I know we played with them a lot, but I could have sworn that we sat in a rolly chair and um, have done that. De- like, I mean, yeah, it's possible. I mean, my brain's kind of messed up, so I don't remember well, we, a lot. We of used things. to fire them off a lot in school. <laughs> mm-hmm. And when we saw the um the captain, he was like, <laughs> he could give a fuck, because like during that scene, he basically what happens is Jake before they do it, Jake asks the captain like, hey, is it cool if I do this? He's like, oh yeah, whatever. And um, it, do you guys recognize the captain? No. The only thing I know him from is he's Trigger. He's the building manager from Friends. And we covered a show he was in. Um, he was in uh, Lucky Louie. Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah, he was. Who was he in Lucky Louie? He was like the friend, like the like the main friend. Oh, okay. When he the was, one was with the girl who like the couple didn't quite look like they made sense as a couple and they had yep. sex a lot. <laughs> yep, 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 yep. <laughs> okay. Makes sense. So then we get out of that cutscene, we go back to like present day and Jake's just saying like how this new captain is gonna be another like washed up pencil pusher is only concerned with you know, following every rule, and he starts to do a robot voice, like, meet mop, zeep, zerp, captain, engage. And as he's doing that, that's when we meet the new captain, Raymond Holt, who um, I believe in this episode they refer to him just as Ray Holt most of the time. Yes. Yeah. Future episodes, not to get ahead. He, uh, he usually just goes by Raymond the whole time, but Raymond Holt, in, in any event, shows up and catches him on the tail end of that. Jake kind of stops because... He just got caught mocking his new captain, and he's like, no, go ahead. Keep doing it. Like, do the impression. He's like, well, I don't know. <laughs> he's very hesitant to continue doing it. He's like, no, do the robot voice. I want to hear it. And um, Raymond Holt's character, very, like, stoic, very direct. His delivery is always very, like, I don't want to say monotone, but. It's serious. How would you guys describe Holt? Stoic and serious? Yeah, he's. Yeah, monotone, stoic. Um, he is serious, but he's not like, um, you know, perpetually serious. He does, like, he surprises you with his wit a lot. Like, and he's, I don't know, he is tough to explain. He's that quiet cool. Yeah, right. There's like a, there's like a weird charm about him too, without, without, injecting any personality into anything he does he still has like a charm to him which is <laughs> impressive yeah and he also has that dry sense of humor like it's just because he he plays it straight like he's the straight man to andy sandberg's like wild right the yin to the yang <laughs> i like when he tells jake to do the robot voice again and jake's now like very hesitant he's just doing like the Meet more Zar, and he goes. That's a terrible robot voice. <laughs> <laughs> and um, as he leaves, he's telling Jake as well. He's like, "Next time I see you, I'd like you to be wearing a necktie." Jake's like, "Oh, actually, the captain, the last captain, didn't care if we wore ties. 
And he's like, well, your new captain does. And more importantly, he cares if you follow direct orders. And it's and such a dumb move. Well, my old boss thought yeah. it was okay. Yeah. So like, well, it, like, it doesn't matter. What he, yeah, he, he's not there anymore. <laughs> yeah. And Amy, Amy's like, speech. He's like, that was my speech. <laughs> <laughs> he uh, Holt is uh, probably my favorite character on this show as it goes on. He's as just, you get on, yeah. Holt, he's so unique. He's my favorite on this episode. What's great about Holt, and forgive me because I have to look it up real quick because I forget his actual name. But the thing with Holt is uh, Andre Brager. The thing about him is he's not a comedic actor, but he. But when you, we've said this before, if you're a good enough actor, and yeah. you are, and the writing is good, like the comedy shines through, and the art of like good comedy isn't always being silly, and like he's the prime example of that. Oh, it's like saying silly things but straight faced. It's it's almost like um the other cop show we did recently um with uh police squad police squad is Leslie Nielsen, Leslie Nielsen said everything yeah. completely deadpan, and it was the silliest situations in the world. It just works if you can keep yeah. up that facade. Like yeah, as long as you don't crack, it works. And uh, as he's leaving the room too, as well as he left the room. Gina addressed everyone like, oh, he's so suave, but does anyone get a little bit of a gay vibe? And everyone's like, no. <laughs> Not reveal much later, I will say in this point, there's he gives no personality at all, let alone like any type of vibe of any of his sexual preferences. Like there's It's very robotic, yeah. Yeah. So to get any type of gay vibe from him is interesting. And then you see Captain Holt uh, entering his new office, and he's with the Sergeant Terry. He's asking Terry, like, you know, like, we worked in the 1-8 together, and at the time you were, he's like, fatter, sir? They call me Terry Titties, because I had a... And Holt's like, titties, yes, I remember. He's like, I never liked the nickname, though, to be fair, it was accurate. Titties, yes, I remember. <laughs> was my favorite part, yeah. And he's asking Terry about an administrative leave that he had to take recently. And now Terry explains, yeah, about a year ago, my wife had my twin baby girls who are named Cagney and Lacey, which is a reference to the old show with Cagney and Lacey, a cop show. Mm -hmm. Oh, okay. He's saying ever since he's had the kids, now he's getting scared of getting hurt at work because, you know, I guess like the value of his life because of them and the importance of being around them is there. So you get like another flashback scene where it's him and Jake in like a department store, like after hours and it's dark in there. And Terry hears like a little noise. And he just like jumps out and starts screaming and like just emptying an entire clip into what ends up being a mannequin. Uh, I think he's dead, sir. Yeah. <laughs> and then we cut back and he's like telling Holt, like, yeah, and I'm still not right from that. And then Holt gets up and he's like, tell me about the squad, which is, again, for us, it's like a good device to be able to explain to us who everybody is. Yeah. And he's like, well. There's uh, Scully, Hitchcock, and Daniels, and we see, like, two guys and a, a girl. They're all, like, a little older, and they're standing around. He's like, and then let's get to the good ones. <laughs> and then we start meeting everybody else. And, uh, first, we start with Rosa, and you see Rosa, like, just sitting at a desk. She's browsing online, and the internet's not, like, quite working right, so she's, like, tapping the TV, like, uh, like the monitor, like, aggressive. Uh, described as tough, smart, hard to read, and really scary. <laughs> and then you get the flashback there and it's like Christmas and she goes up to the guy Hitchcock and she's asking who got her in Secret Santa. And he's like, well, that's all the fun. Like, I can't tell you that. And she's just like deadpanning him. It's like, it's Scully. He got you a, scar a scarf. I'll make him return it. She's like, yes, you will. And like walks away. 
And um, again, I, I hate I hate going ahead too much, but this is a show that I think I know a little too well. Rose's character here, her voice isn't quite at peak deepness that she gets to like yeah. from the second episode on. And if you've ever heard the actual actress that plays her do interviews, it's you wouldn't it's you, you couldn't even imagine that that voice comes out of the same person. It's like the, it's polar opposite. It's so bizarre. Yeah. Who plays her? Rosa is played by Stephanie Beatriz. Yes. Okay. She's beautiful. I love her. And look up look up any interview she did just to hear her actual voice and you go, huh? Now, I, I guess, like, if you don't know too much of the show outside of this episode, it won't be as extreme. But um, for those of you who are fans of the show and have watched a good number of it, it it's crazy. I believe you. And then we come back and we introduce to Charles Boyle. And we see Charles at the desk and he's got a bunch of files in hand. And we hear that he's... He's a grinder. He's not like the best detective, but he works harder than anybody there. Mm-hmm. And physically, he's not gifted. And then for his flashback, you see him just like in the kitchen and he's ready to eat a muffin and he drops it. And then when he goes to pick it up. He hits his head on the desk and then that causes him to step on the muffin. My head, my muffin, my head. I stepped on the on my muffin and my head and my muffin. <laughs> this was a little much, if you ask me. I wasn't the biggest fan of this. It just slapstick like this is tough, right? You can't. It, not everybody can make it look good, and he doesn't make it look good right here. I thought I it was funny. I thought oh, it was pretty good was in that good. role. I think yeah, it's, I you know too. it's not like unwatchable or anything. I just think it could have been done better. I thought that was a good introduction. It it didn't last. Yeah, you get your long. the idea of what they're going for with him, absolutely. which was. I think Smart. getting that immediately after the very little we've seen of him, you kind of putting his character together so it works. Yeah, I mean, if that had been a little bit more drawn out, I think that it would have been much. But it was short, sweet, to the point. So now from there we meet Amy's character. And Amy, we've you know we've seen a good deal of so far in the episode, but she's sitting there with a, uh, the elastic ball in hand. And we hear that she's got seven brothers, so she was always trying to prove that she's tough. And then for her flashback, you see her just sitting there, like, about to have a sandwich, and she has some hot sauce. And the guy Scully's like, oh, be careful, that stuff's pretty hot. But in order to prove a point, she just dumps a ton of it all over the sandwich and takes a bite. And I I actually like the visual, because she puts so much on it that when she raises her hand, you can see it just flowing out of the sandwich, down her hand, down her arm. (laughs) Did that get you going, Jay? Yeah, I'm a, I mean, me being a hot sauce guy, she couldn't take the heat, though. It was hotter than she anticipated, and it was, it was she was gagging a little bit. Now, hey, Jay. Until you've tried the bomb. Now, Jay, you are a big hot sauce connoisseur. I am. Is there any hot sauce that you've just been like, this is too much? Yeah, so, like, uh, so me and Ferg just did the Hot Ones Challenge for the third time, um, <laughs> like, a week ago. Not even a week ago at this point. A few of those sauces, and for those of you guys who have seen Hot Ones, like, the bomb is disgusting. It just tastes bad. It's Well, that's not even technically a hot sauce, is it? Because well, it it's is, fr- but it's, it's, like, it's all extracts. It's like concentrate version. But no, it's made to be consumed in that form. It's just no, I know, bad. but it's the same way that a concentrate isn't a juice. Okay, no, I see what I don't you're think, saying. I don't think that's how it would technically work with those sauces, though, because a lot of people use extracts and stuff. It's just not used at that level. Right. Okay. Um. But yeah, like that one just tastes terrible. Now, it tastes like I, a magic marker. Yeah. So I buy a lot of hot sauces, and I'll admit at times because I'm buying so many, some of them are a lot hotter than others, and I don't realize quite what I'm buying at the time. 
and there's been a few that I'm like, this was way hotter than I'd like to have at home just for like personal consumption, but I'll ride them out. <laughs> I, now, I have a pretty good heat tolerance. Now, when you buy hot sauces, do you buy them based on the goofy name or no. do you like go by like what you read and like, it's, I'm sure you're a part day, of like hot sauce forums. You just strike me. No, as, yeah. I, no, but I, I'll read up on anything. Like, so if I'm going to buy some hot sauce, I'm going to look up what's in it <laughs> in the flavor profile. But okay. at the end of the day, it's food. So I'm not going to buy it just because it has a silly name. I'm going to see what's in it in the heat level and the ingredients and try to pick based on that stuff. And sometimes you strike out. Sometimes things don't come out as good as you want them to. But um, I'm someone who will go and buy maybe like six to eight bottles of hot sauce at a time, different ones. And then when I run out, get like six to eight different new ones. See, I always, anytime like I'm in like those like kitschy shops that sell them, I always go for like the goofiest name. Like, those you know, always the ketchup the reaper worst. man. Yeah. Ones that are called like butthole ketchup exploder. Gonna, like, yeah. Yeah. Like, butthole. The, yeah, like <laughs> minor Pete's like butthole. Oh, isn't that um, Steve-O's? That's butt sauce, and Jay actually sent me that. I did. I it, sent that to him. It's, it's, it's called good. butt sauce. Yeah, it's called Stevo's butt sauce. <laughs> it's, it's like joke. hot sauce for your butt or something. Like hot that. sauce for your butthole or something. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that actually tasted good. In it addition was supposed to, being to heat. from what I had heard, it, like it's it's made by like an actual reputable company, which which helps. But yeah, all we those should like, get a hot sauces. sauce. What would Again, I don't called? know our reach, man. Like I, like, I would love to, but we I just don't send know. Like, we could make, like, eight of them. Eight bottles? What, are we just making it in our kitchens? We (laughs) could. That's no correlation to sitcoms or TV. Why would we we make a hot sauce? We could. What will we name it, though? You guys tell us, listening, would you buy a hot sauce if we made one? Yeah, go ahead and reach out. And then we'll take it from there. Because there's a lot of merch ideas that we just never go through with anyways. So maybe hot sauce could uh, It's the fear of not making the money on it and just losing money i think is what it comes down to but yeah i mean obviously with you guys any merch let us know if there's things that you want from us and things that we think would be like a good collaborative idea to put out and uh, offer to you guys you know but we definitely don't want to sell you guys crap so um if if there's something that that you guys think would be a cool thing yeah we're not gonna mass produce garbage just to sell it but uh yeah and when we come out of that flashback um that's when terry's explaining to hold the bet between her and Peralta, just about the more arrests. And we don't get all the details of it just yet, but we just know that it's the most arrest thing. And how ever since they've started it, <laughs> both of their numbers have gone way up. So, like, that spirited competition, which I guess, like, I mean, there is something to that. I'm not sure that the best way to, <clears throat> or the best job to do that on is a cop, <laughs> because now you're just arresting people to arrest people. Although, they're not just to do, no. they're not, they're detectives, so they're, not really just, you know, they're not pulling people over. Like, no, they're going out no. to crimes that have already happened. But I think yeah, there I was... is something to just anything at work. When you make anything a competition, I guess, work or outside, like, it does give you that little bit of extra motivation to try hard. Yeah. What I want to know is what determines an arrest. Because on that first case, they worked it together. They, <clears> I know he got the clue with the nanny cam, but they both made the arrest and he got the credit. I think there's a gentleman's Wait. agreement there. There's like a yeah. part at the end, I don't want to go ahead, but they're getting a suspect and they're all in on it. Who She takes the the guy out. Who gets credit for that? It's like I think her. it ends up coming down to like who figured it out. 
Okay. Yeah. It's not necessarily the like who like yeah, who right. who got like the the net on him. It's like, but who who got us to this point where we could even place the arrest? Mm-hmm. And remember, it's arrest, not even uh, guilty, please, or anything. Yeah. And uh, now Terry is explaining Peralta to Holt, and he's like, "That's my best detective. He likes putting away bad guys, and he loves solving puzzles. The only puzzle he hasn't solved is how to grow up." <laughs> He's like, that was very well put. He's like, I've had to talk about Jake a lot in my mandated therapy sessions. <laughs> I don't know. There's just something about him in therapy that really amuses me. And the conversation pretty much closed out with Holt saying, like, hey, listen, you know my history and you know this is super important to me. And I just want to make this precinct the best one in all of Brooklyn. How many and- precincts in Brooklyn are there? We know there's at least 99. <laughs> Oh, okay. That's not like like fire departments, right? Like I don't know how uh, fire department gets their numbers, but I mean, just so, a legitimate question. Like I don't Brooklyn's know how that works that because big. it's referred to as nine nine one eight. So I don't I don't want to pretend to know because so don't. New York has seventy seven police precincts. Why okay, do so, their numbers go higher? Um, the simple answer is. Uh, higher than the actual number of precincts is that the numbering system was designed to provide for future expansion. Oh, so I guess they just kind <clears> of. <throat> well, that's you know the crazy thing about that, numbers yeah. is you can keep going up. So if you just start <laughs> yeah, at one, it yeah, won't be an true. issue. Yeah, it's not like it's not like there's a certain amount of slots. If they make a new one, just name it seventy-five. Yeah, <laughs> right. you're, you're okay. So now the next scene, we get to the apartment of. Where the murder happened that we found out from earlier about the briefing. And Charles, Rosa, and Jake are all investigating the apartment. And there's a few officers kind of hanging around in the back. And Jake's saying, okay, so the perp came in through the window. And we see, like, all these different angles and, like, you know, the crime scene itself. And you're looking around. Amy finds some shell casings that were found. And he said there was probably two shots. And they're kind of going through everything. When Amy, like, comes up with a good point, Jake's like, great work, detective. You get a tie. And he throws one at her. And Charles is like, hey, that's mine. He took it from my desk. He's like, that's right, Charles. Good solve. Tie for you. And throws a tie at him because he's mocking this whole thing with Holt saying that, you know, to be a good detective, you have to have a tie, which isn't what Holt was saying. But it's no. how yeah. Jake interprets it, that you you must wear a tie to be a good detective. And if you notice, everybody has a tie. Well, yeah, because it was already made clear that that's what's expected of them. <laughs> so not, not, not the no, ladies. Beforehand. The ladies don't have ties on. Different dress code. That's sexist. <laughs> I don't want to get into names. We used to go to school with a girl who used to wear a tie a lot. And she always <laughs> just looked like she worked at the Cheesecake Factory. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, I don't want to get into much more, but that's what comes to mind. I think we've had this conversation on the show before, but I personally hate ties. I, so I'm with Andy Stamberg on this we one. We have talked about ties a few times before. Uh, I'm I agree. Team tie. I, I don't like them at all. I never wear them unless nope. I'm at like a wedding, but I when I have to dress up, I like having a tie. I feel like I'm being choked by a really weak ghost all day. <laughs> Get on the dance floor. <laughs> <laughs> They're talking about Holt in this moment, and Charles is like, yeah, he's a little too serious. What do you think, Rosa? Seems cool. He's like, yeah, yeah, you know, he seems cool. I agree. And then while they're looking around, Rosa sees uh, th- that the perp, Stole a computer, a watch, and a Embarico ham, a ham on Embarico ham, which is valued at six thousand dollars. 
And uh, off air, I said to Joe, like, um, sorry that Joe, that you can't be here because Joe is a lover of ham. And uh, yeah. the idea of a $6,000 ham. Well, they are expensive. Like, yeah, I don't it, know if you guys I, know anything I know. about Why that. So I've looked it up. So it's, it's, cure, it's a cured ham from Spain. Um, it's fed. What was it? Fi- it's, the, it's like um, figs, isn't it? The, like the, those figs? particular pi- uh, pigs are fed. It was like acorns and something else. I want to say figs. Oh, so it's kind of like a Kobe beef pig. Correct. Correct. And it's one of those. There, it's a it's a type of um, Spanish pig. Like it's a very distinct line of pig. But too. the line of um, like that meat is um, it's a presunto, which is like a, a Portuguese. It's almost like. There's like um, prosciutto, which is like Italian, and then presunto, which is Portuguese, but they're they're not quite the same. Um, like um, uh, presunto is like smoked, where a prosciutto isn't. It's like a more cured and like fresh air or whatever. Uh, we've established many times, uh, I think a little bit on air and then some, mostly off. I'm a big lover of prosciutto, um, so I've. Um, How do you feel about spec? I've never had it. Isn't that like a smoked version of prosciutto? Is I know it's not the same exact thing, but that's essentially what it is. I thought. I don't know. I'd have to do my homework. But um, have you guys had things. a birico? No, I don't think I have. I have. It's delicious. It's like melting. It's very much like. Yeah, I'm sure it's good. If if you have like a like a, it's a thicker kind of prosciutto, the way they give you the cuts, but it like melts in your mouth now the fact that it's smoked does that come out in the flavor is that like what's more distinguishable about that versus a prosciutto yes and no it's like it's hard to explain because you get it but then then you get like the ham flavor but it's like a really good ham flavor like it's like a kobe beef like you get Mm -hmm. that it's an experience it's like a wine you get the the flavor and then you get the the body Mm, the body We'll have to all, um, we'll all have to invest a little bit. There's a place up bit. the street from my house. There's actually one like in the <clears> next <throat> block that, that's a Spanish tapas place. We should go. Now, personally, I like a good piece of pork, but I, I can't stand ham. That's just No, but like, do you like prosciutto? It's a little too salty for me. Mm. It is salty, but it's also a deli meat. So, like, of course it is. But, um, but yeah, no, I mean, we could all meet up for lunch one day and have a ham party. I'm down for ham a ham party, party any day. Me too. I'm getting something else. <laughs> Do you have any cookies? <laughs> so, um, yeah. So as we've talked about it, I don't have to go back too much. But now Charles is explaining what this ham is to uh, the rest of them and uh, how he had a bunch of it at his um, like uncle's funeral. I know we went into it just now, but is it legitimately $6,000? Yes. I don't know the exact price, but it's expensive. And now you're talking like a whole leg of it. Right? Yeah, yeah, so, yeah. Uh, so the way we... that it comes, it comes with like that the, the hawk, like the ham hawk and the leg bone. And it sits on like a, a crazy pedestal like you would um, like a like a really fine wine. Yeah, so a but pedestal if you were to, better like, be made of it. gold. No, it's yeah. like really good wood. But if you, and some of the soul wood, I like wood. Tastes like cigarette. But if you were to like, if you were to slice it up, it's, not, it's obviously not going to be like thousands of dollars, you know, because you're having such a smaller portion of it. Okay. Yeah, you you cut like basically you cut like little slivers off of it. No, a l- little bit too much about ham. I don't know. You were such a big ham expert, Gordy. They call me a 
Hamamaniac. You were really thinking hard, and you missed. I really was, and I could yeah. not. Think <laughs> he wanted of it so bad. <laughs> <laughs> I did, and I just can't. It'll come to me at like three a.m., and I'll text you guys, and Jay will be the only one that gets it, <laughs> or the only one awake. <laughs> yeah. So after Charles is telling his ham story, Jake's like, "Wow, what a great story, Charles! Thank you." All right, listen up, everyone. Better contact Captain Holt. Let him know we have a ten tie situation, and that's when Holt walks in. It's like, speaking of ties, where's yours, Meat Morp? <laughs> And again, it's like to say his lines in my voice doesn't know Justin yeah, because, he, like, his delivery and his, like, the serious tone at which he calls someone meat morp, it's like, it's what makes it. And um, <laughs> Jake's like, hey, welcome to the murder. What are you doing here? And yeah, uh, he's just telling him that he wants to see what all his detectives are up to. And he starts going over everything and telling Jake uh, that he has to go start going door to door and interviewing everyone. He's like, door duty? He's like, it's a waste of time. You know, doesn't have much of a choice, so he has to go and do that. <laughs> as as he leaves, uh, Holt, that is, Jake's like, well, that went well. And you hear, no, it didn't. <laughs> he's like, it's like he's got super hearing. It would have been better in that moment if you heard Holt further away go, yes, I do. Yeah, I thought there was going to be one more line there to close it. I did too, yep. And now... From there, we get Rosa in the car with Charles, and um, they're sitting there together. And Charles is like, "Hey, Rosa, like, this, you know, there's a old movie festival playing um, this week. Would you want to go?" And she's like, "Sure." He's like, "Oh, cool, awesome." Um, and she's telling him like, "Like, what movie are we gonna see?" And he's like, "Oh, I'll probably just go with something classic like Citizen Kane." So Rosa's like, "Citizen Kane, terrible movie. Pick a good one." He's like, oh, yeah, no, good call. I'll do that. I'll uh, pick a movie better than Citizen Kane, which is <laughs> re- regarded to be, like, the greatest film of all times. <laughs> Did you guys all see Citizen Kane? Only because yeah. of American film. Yeah, I was going to say, I watched it in school. I didn't I watch would, it at I home. But... don't remember it at all, if I'm being honest. I remember the end scene. I remember it pretty well. Like, not scene for scene, but it's one of those things, too, right? Like, when those movies are in, in – now, I, I did enjoy the movie – and I do like appreciate like good films and stuff like that, but I think once th- things are regarded in a certain way, like the people who like are big cinephiles are not only are they seeing all the in- intricate things that went into the movie, but they're also overlooking and finding things that weren't even intended to be there. Agreed. Agreed. You know, they're finding things that like I feel like weren't even like the director didn't even think of that. <laughs> but now, have you, it just you guys so happens seen, to be there. Have you guys seen other like classical films like in that vein yes a share um through class and through the fact that my mother watches nothing but super old movies have you seen the one that it was a silent film about death and a guy playing chess no (laughs) yeah it's exactly how you would think um i forget the name of it but uh definitely worth like a 10-minute watch of it, and you'll get the, the gist of it. But it's, like, regarded as, like, one of the best film noirs. The Seventh time, Seal? Right? Yes. I looked it up. I didn't figure that out. Ferg's <laughs> <laughs> a big chess fan. So now we cut, and we see Holt and Gina about to have a conversation. And Holt's asking her, like, what do civilian administrators do? Like, do you keep your ear to the ground? Like... What do uh? Basically, he's asking what Santiago and Peralta have on this bet, and Gina's saying, "Well, I'll tell you on six conditions. Number one, you let me use your office to practice my dance moves. Second, he's like, how about this? 
You tell me, and I don't suspend you without pay. Oh, you know, that sounds great. And basically, we find out that the deal is, the the bet is for whoever gets most arrests, which we already know. And if Amy wins, she gets Jake's car. It's an old Mustang. If Jake wins, then they have to go on a date, which he guarantees will end in sex. And she says, I bet on at least some over-the-clothes action, at the very least some touching. And Holt's like, no, that's enough. That's enough. <laughs> I wonder why he asked her, because when he found out about the bet from Terry Crews, I keep calling people by their actual names, but... um, Well, he's just Terry. Well, he <laughs> he just stopped showing his Terry. I didn't say Terry, but um, he doesn't even, like, question him. He might have known. He could have got that info from him. It's like they just saved it for later for some arbitrary Maybe he reason. wants to... Maybe he doesn't want anyone who's, like, within the realm of, like, actual detectives to... To know that he has any interest in what's going on in their personal lives. And Gina yeah, being smart. somewhat removed from it, he feels like he can trust her with a little information, you know, asking for the information without being seen differently. Yeah, it makes sense. And G- Gina does co- uh, continue on saying how she imagines that he's going to show up in a silk robe. <laughs> he's like that. He's like, that's enough. And now we cut over to Jake and Amy who are going to do that door duty that we heard about earlier back in the building where the arrest was. And Jake's like, all right, let's let that wasting of time begin. And the first door that they open, it's, like, just some kid, like, some stoner kid. You see, like, him at the door and a couple girls sitting on the coats in the back. And they're like, hey, can we ask you a few questions? He's like, uh, yeah, definitely. Like, I'm, I'm super glad you guys are here, actually. Um, are you guys smelling that weed smell? <laughs> it's like, uh, yeah. <laughs> He's like, yeah, some dude broke in, smoked weed, and bolted. <laughs> Jake's like, is it the same dude who left that bong there on the floor? It's like, uh, yep, that's them. That's the one. I liked that, that scene. I thought that was funny. It was like it was corny, but I, I thought it was pretty funny. Yeah, it cracked me up. I liked it. And then the next door is it's a basically it's just a way to sneak in. Um, Fred Armisen is all the next door is. Yeah, and he's just kind of playing a weird foreign type character who doesn't quite understand what they're asking of him, and then like takes what well, like whatever the picture that they had of the the person they're looking for like takes this as like thank <laughs> yeah, you they the go murder to show, victim they go to show him the picture of the person and they go have you seen this person and he takes the picture and just goes thank you and closes the door <laughs> <laughs> just keeps it it was and, funny i mean man, again, i just i, think I don't like, like fred armison but i like every other thing i see him in actually makes me laugh so i know like some of you guys aren't the biggest fans. Joe loves him. Joe's a huge fan of his. But, no, um, I don't. Joe doesn't like him. I thought I Joe think. hates him. Yeah, Joe, Joe does hate like him, guys. Either. Come on. I thought we'd roll with that joke and for, oh, for listen and say that we could have liked him. We discussed this earlier. That. We Damn can it. go back. We can edit. No, that. no, it's yeah, fine. We can edit. <laughs> we it's fine. Um. So, <laughs> in any event, though, um, I I like him. I'm not. I don't have a huge feeling towards him one way or another. I think he's like fine in the character roles that he plays. He's usually a supporting guy, has a thing like this and stuff. Yeah. I don't, he doesn't do a lot of like, other than like Portlandia, he's not often like the star of anything. And I think there's kind of a reason for that. I think he's kind of good as like the, the side character. So I'm, I'm okay with things like this. He strikes me, I feel about Fred Armistead the same way Joe feels about Zoe Dachanel. Oh, you don't like him at all? No, I do not like him at all. I think he's too over the top. I think he's every character he plays is just makes me stupider. You must have been watching so much of him over the years. <laughs> yes, yeah, big fan. Yeah, um, you know what it is for no. me? It's like to compare it to like wrestling. Like 
He's in like a lot of stuff, and I don't find him that funny to begin with. But he's in so much stuff; it's like he's being jammed down your throat. So if you're not yeah. a fan of him, you're seeing him a lot. It's like when Roman Reigns was trying to be a good guy, and no one wanted to cheer for him or anything, and you're getting him stuffed down your throat week after week after week. Mm-hmm. It makes I don't know what that means, nerd. But uh, anyways, you do uh, too, no. <laughs> uh, He's also someone who's, like, so racially ambiguous that he's played literally everything under the sun. That's true, yeah. It was Uncle Festa recently in uh, Wednesday. I still haven't seen Wednesday. I, like, I mean to. And it's it's popular enough. I'm sure I would like it. I just haven't gotten around to it. I've only seen the dances on TikTok. You know, the, I liked it when I initially watched it. Those dances are making me dislike Wednesday. <laughs> you know what the thing is? It's a pivot a little bit. The thing with, like, some of these TikToks are, are a lot of things that become, like, memeable. Like, there's that other, um, it's, like, that dance and then also the one where um, it's Nicolas Cage and that other dude in the car. What's his name? I forget his name. Oh, the yeah. from, like, um, The Mandalorian and stuff. Yeah. Um, oh, oh, yeah. Uh Pedro Pascal. Pascal, yeah. Yeah, Pascal. Yeah. Both of those are like classic like TikTok, Instagram things now. And both of them don't use the actual song from what the source is. And I <laughs> both times I didn't know that because I was exposed to the social media thing first. That was mm. the discovery we all made flying to LA. Yeah, I was gonna say, we all I watched, watched that movie, on the, movie. <laughs> on the flight. I, I, I watched it on the flight back from LA. Yeah. And I was like, wait a minute. That's not even the song. <laughs> And now they go to a third house, and it's just like this super old guy, and uh, it, that the conversation isn't going very well, so it, it kind of like ends pretty quickly. I think he was like ninety two years old or something like that. Yeah, because Amy bets Jake that uh, the next house will be an eligible bachelor. All oh, right, all right, right. And after we see like the door to door stuff, we're back in the precinct later on, and everyone's standing around talking, and when they're going over it, like that last guy at the door. Uh, Jake's telling everyone, like, oh, you know, like, we didn't see anything. And, like, what's even worse is San Diego struck out with this 92-year-old. And she's like, that's not accurate, sir, because Holt's there in the room. And he's like, wait, you hooked up with him? Ugh. (laughs) And then uh, Holt's like, all right, all right. And um, happens to notice that Jake's not wearing a tie still. He's like, actually, sir, I am wearing a tie right now. He's like, check it out. And then he's like, secret tie. And opens his shirt up, and you see the tie wrapped around his stomach. I will say this. I am someone who is a fan of Andy Samberg. I thought this was too much. I thought this was just, this was yeah. annoying. Yeah, it's like yeah. he can't turn it off. It's like this yeah. time to be serious. Like, I, they, that like, felt too much of, like, yeah, you're being a yeah, child. Extra. He strikes me as like a Jim Carrey type. Because mm, like Jim yeah. Carrey, when he's in those roles, he's like over Jason, the yeah. top. And Holt's telling him like, hey, you know, first off, I think you're overdoing it with the manscaping. He's like, but more importantly, like, you know, why do you refuse to take my order seriously? And he's asking, like, do you even know, like, why I want you guys to all wear ties and stuff like that? Then he says, like, you know, I was going to ask to be briefed on any other new developments, but, like, do you guys have any questions? And Jake's like, well, I was going to ask you if you thought I was doing too much manscaping, but I guess we solved that one, so now I'm good. Then he cuts over to Charles and asks him if he has any more fancy ham information. And that's when we find out about the ham you know, that it was interesting that the ham was stolen, but not like this expensive TV that was also in the office, but not in the office, in the apartment. And Jake's asking him, like, do you think um, there's anywhere in the area that might sell something like that, like that style of ham? 
And he says, uh, there's a place called Beneficios that might. So they're like, okay, let's head over in that way. And at this point, Holt wasn't in the room anymore. So Charles was reminding him, like, we have to brief him first. He's like, uh, yeah, we'll brief him after we catch the guy. So we cut to them in this place, and it's like, uh, just a, it's like one of those kind of like small delis. Like, it's like, yeah, like, but it's got like a deli and everything like that. Yeah. Yeah. And we see this guy named Ratko or whatever, and he's at the counter, and he's like very disinterested from what's going on. And Jake's trying to talk to him, and he's like, hey, do you recognize this guy? He's holding a, like a picture of the guy up at him. And he's like saying no, but he's not even looking at the picture when he's saying it. He's he's just really trying to get away from the situation. Yeah. And he's like, hey, I don't know him. I don't know what happened. No more questions. And he's basically like, hey, like, well, I have something for you. He's like, here's a scenario. Like, this guy comes in here. He's trying to sell you this, like, expensive ham. You know, now he leaves and you know that he's got a lot of money and you went and tried to steal him from him and end up killing him. He's like, does any of this jog your memory? Basically, he's like, hold on, let me do like a quick, you know, reenactment for you. And he does like a, a little bit with Charles. It's it was kind of unnecessary. It's very short. And at this point, this guy Ratko basically figures out like, OK, like they, they're on to me. So, you know, apparently they got the right guy and this guy tries to book it and he, he's running for it. Mm-hmm. And it causes like this little bit of a scuffle. Now, in this scuffle, he loses his gun and it rolls under a thing and they focus on that. I. Did anyone else think this was going to come up later and it just doesn't? Yeah, it was a weird thing to focus on yeah. and then not get back to. I actually didn't even notice that. No. Yeah, it was like as soon as yeah. he gets him down, the gun like slides right under a rack. And they do point they, to they, it was they a specific shot it. of it. I think maybe if that's the case, then maybe they were just doing that to show that he didn't have a gun later. But he does have a gun later. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I don't know I, then. I think it would have been more effective if... Uh, you then saw Radko pick up the gun. Yeah, I thought he was going to get in trouble for losing his firearm or something. Well, I mean, he'd pick it up afterwards, but, you know, I thought that Radko would pick it up and then that would... That could have been just unfortunate, like, something got edited out of that scene, and now that little clip doesn't make sense anymore, but... Yeah. Also, one of those things, too, that happened during that whole scene was, like, the the old woman who just, like, was not phased at all by everything that was happening around her. I like Jake's line there. Or or just, you know, keep shopping. Like nothing. Yeah, there happen. was the <laughs> first time when she was just like standing there and he couldn't get around her because he was like waiting for her turn at the deli. And then yeah, later on when he bumps into her and that happens. And yeah, and during that whole thing, there's a point where they just get Charles and he gets thrown right face first into like the case of gelato and it's like <laughs> He's it was, like getting uh, drowned in gelato. Like yeah, his head is being forced into it. <laughs> It took For me a minute reason, to, like, realize what it was, too, because it was in, like, one of those, like, kind of deli too. display cases. Yeah. And I was like, what's in there? Yeah. I thought it was meatballs, to be honest, like, the, because it was, like, chocolate gelato, wasn't it? And I thought that the chocolate was, like, meatball, and it was, like, in marinara. I, I knew it was something smoother. I couldn't peg what it was at first. I didn't think it was, like, Because it's a deli, though. I thought it was, like, a lot of mayo, and then, like, Gordo said, like, meat, like... <laughs> Yeah, like a meatball. You know how sometimes they have those like on the on the pans inside the deli that you can buy? It was weird for it to be gelato, I guess, right? Because it wasn't like an Italian deli or anything like that. So it didn't make sense for it to be like a gelato thing. It didn't well, strike me gelato. as... Yeah, it didn't strike me as like a gelato place. It struck me as a deli. Yeah. <laughs> After he gets like thrown into it, like eventually the guy Ratko like runs off. And Jake pulls him out, and you see Charles just absolutely covered in it. 
<laughs> and it like cuts into the scene of them back in the precinct later later where he's uh, they're talking to Holt. And he's like, yeah, so he's like, you know, I didn't brief you. And yes, he did get away. But some bonus good news. I got you hazelnut. <laughs> Gives him like this like little cup of like scooped. Now, like, did they scoop that themselves because everyone who worked there had already run off? I Probably. So. I also like that he's still covered in the gelato. Like he didn't go yeah. get cleaned up first. Yeah. And now we find out that as a result of this situation, Jake got sent to the records room. I like that he gets his comeuffins after all the fucking insubordination throughout the whole episode. Yeah, like, there is a point where, like, yeah, even though he's, like, the best detective they have, you have to, like, set him straight and be like, listen, you can't just do whatever the fuck you want. And uh, Terry's in there with him, and he's like, you know, know, you're a lucky man. Like, I wish I could get assigned here full time. (laughs) (laughs) He's like, you know, but this is because Jake, uh, Terry, rather, is, like, afraid of being injured at this point in time. And I mean, Jake's... I think that that could be a reasonable request to be done, don't you? No, because he's a captain. They're not going to have him do record work. Or yeah. oh, sergeant, not captain. The new guy's captain, right? Correct. Yeah. 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 He's a sergeant. He is a sergeant. And Jake's saying, like, you know, like, you know, tell the captain how dumb he is, for, you know, to lock his best detective in a file cabinet. And Terry's, like, quick to, like, come up and, because Terry, we know, knows Holt from before all this, and he's like, you know, you're wrong about him, and this guy's, like, forgotten more about being a cop than you'll ever know. And in 1981, he caught the Disco Strangler, which I love that name. <laughs> yeah. Disco Strangler. And, uh, of course, we get, another, we get another flashback. Let's hold, like, at a younger age when he's still a detective. He's like, it's over, Disco Man. Put down the yo-yo and back away from the girl. <laughs> and you got, like, the shot of him, uh, like, the, the Disco Strangler, like, trying to choke this girl with a yo-yo string. And I like how, uh, like, nonchalant she's just sitting there. Like, it's just no big deal. Yeah. This is also one of those shows where, and as I've mentioned it, there's a million times that we're cutting back and forth and a lot of flashbacks. And Fox, man. Yeah, I was going to say, there's a lot of shows where it, like, it bothers me, but I feel like this, it was formatted right here where it didn't seem too much and it seemed like there was purpose behind them. Where a lot of other shows, like, it seems a little more forced. I don't know. Yeah. No, I got that same thing too. I didn't even not to not to jump ahead for us, but like I didn't even notice like the flashbacks. Like I like the flashbacks were so seamless that like it felt like it was part of the show and not they were like purposeful. A separate... Yeah, they were right, it wasn't yeah. just for the hell of like we need to do a million flashbacks. And they're usually like pretty quick. Yeah. Like grounded for life we did. But that, that was a lot. That whole show was flashbacks. Yeah, that was, yeah, that was like Family Guy esque flashback style. Yeah, I and when done right, it's 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 a good thing. When overdone, like Family Guy, because it's why I don't like Family Guy. Is it's just all flashbacks. But what, like I said, when when done right, it really works. Like I think the sweet spot is maybe four or five in an episode, where Family Guy I think is like sixteen. <laughs> At least, it's just yeah. about when there's a need to show you something and you do it in that moment and it doesn't feel like like something with um with a family guy, right? Where you know the writing is set up to show you the flashback. Like the the idea from the beginning of the joke is to create a flashback that you cut to to see the reveal of whatever they're talking about. Where here it's just kind of to further the story along. So yeah. you're only flashing back to kind of give you insight. You know what I thought was a missed opportunity? He told him to drop the yo-yo. If he dropped the yo-yo, it went down and came back oh, up. Oh, came back up? Yeah, that would have been a great visual. <laughs> yeah. 
Like, I'm trying. <laughs> and um, when we cut back from that, Amy's telling Jake, like, it's going to be hard for you to win this bet when you're on the bench. And she goes, I did start a new category and has a little piece of paper. And it's like, murders we let go. And uh, you're currently winning one to nothing. <laughs> and then she's like, have fun with your files. And he's like, I'll have fun with my files. You have fun with your face. And uh, that was um, very Andy Samberg, I guess, to say the least. Yeah, I didn't like that because that was too much. It was childish. But it's he's, he's, he's been described be as someone that won't grow up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but I didn't like that. We go back to Rosen and Charles, and she's it's the follow-up from him asking her to go to a movie. And he's like, so she's asking him, what movie did you get tickets to? He's like, oh, well, just to be safe, I bought tickets to all of them. Like, to be safe, what does that mean? He's like, I don't know, you just, you know, you can be sort of opinionated. And she did not take kindly to that and said, oh, you think I'm opinionated? Well, like, here's one for you. You're a bad judge of character. And that shirt looks like vomit. <laughs> and um, he, he's trying to just go on, like, should we see this movie? He's like, we're not going to any movie together. And she just, like, walks off on him. I felt bad for him. It yeah. Been, it would have been sweet if he said, I just don't want to make the wrong decision. But right. <laughs> Challenge saying, saying you're yeah. opinionated, yeah, that you're not going into this with a positive. So yeah, I can I can understand why she got upset in that moment. Mm-hmm. And now we get back to the file room, and Holt's walking in while Jake's doing some work. Jake, who's actually wearing a tie for once, and he's like, "Oh, look at that! Like, n- nice. I like the tie." He's like, "Yep. Uh, if you can't beat him, join him." And then he's telling them that he found some stuff uh, as he's going through all these old files. One of which he said he literally found in a spider web. And um, it's just a lot of information on some of this. He doesn't know his real name, but he's found some info on him, like his old street names and things like that. And um, like a stomping grounds that he's at, which explains like the muddy red footprint that was in the uh, in the apartment. So he's pretty much been able to like link this guy to the specific area and like why he would be the, the actual murderer. Mm-hmm. And Holt's like, oh, fine work. De-. And Holt's like, oh, fine work, detective. And Jake's like, oh, thank you very much, sir. And uh, he's like, and Holt tells him that it's a testament to what can be achieved when you dress appropriately. And Jake's like, yeah, let's pound it out. Stands up, and now we find out Jake, who we see in the shirt and tie, underneath is nothing but, uh, like, a Speedo. Again, fuck you. Like, they have a nice moment, and he ruins it. He they ruins can't, it. He can't He does go, off. like, out of his way to be a dick. Yeah, this was, like, yeah. too much, but it works out because... He's not rewarded for this. You know what I mean? Yeah. It comes back to haunt him because Holt sees it and just instantly without flinching is like, oh, you know what? Such fine police work. Let's share this with everybody. Team, everyone, <laughs> get in here and bring a camera. And now he's embarrassed because they all have to walk in while he's just standing there in a Speedo. So it does come back to haunt him. And I feel like knowing his character at this point, though, that that wouldn't bother him. Like, yeah, take it in, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's yeah, like I, for the way his character works, I can understand that that's probably the more likely scenario. But for the sake of the storyline, we need to see yeah. him be humbled a little bit and embarrassed, so it works out. Like the writing is is there. No, because actually, now that I think of it, in the beginning too, when he was doing the robot voice, like he started like getting cheapish and like intimidated by the new captain because i don't think he can read him as well so like he knows that the childish shit doesn't work on him but he's the one he showed the speedo to it's everyone else that walks into the room now you know what would have been better punishment though if he said hey you just bought yourself six more weeks at this desk good luck winning your contest now i hope you don't like your car too much boom 
Yeah, I mean, I guess there could have been a reveal there that he knows the bet and, like, what's on the line. I thought that's why he found out. But I guess you want you want Jake to come around a little bit on his own, right? You don't want him yeah. to only do the right thing because he's being punished. So if the punishments keep getting more and more severe and then he does the right thing, it doesn't make him likable. You know what I mean? It's like he was backed into a corner and had to do the right thing. I know. I'm making the mistake of thinking of this like a human in a yeah. sitcom world. You're right. Exactly. Because you wouldn't want a situation where he's, you know, where Holt has to look over at Santiago and go like, hey, good news. Like, doesn't doesn't look like you have to go on that date anytime soon. And then, you know, and, and for Jake to realize it that way. Yeah. So now from here we get to the stakeout because of the information Jake found about the guy Ratko. And we see Jake, Holt, and Amy all in the car together. And again, Jake really quick to uh, mention that, you know, his favorite part about the stakeout is there's no dress code. So he can just wear a zip-up hoodie with his two best friends. During the stakeout while they're all sitting in the car, Jake does ask him, like, hey, Captain, like, you know, Terry told me you caught the Disco Strangler. Like, that's incredible. Like, I've read that case. He's like, with all due respect, like, why did it take you so long to get your first command? And that's when Holt reveals, like, because I'm gay. He's like, ah. He's like, yo, seriously. Like, I, you know, I'm surprised you didn't know. I don't try to hide it. And then you get, like, the little flashbacks of, like, Gina saying, like, did anyone else get a gay vibe? And then, like, Holt <laughs> in slow motion going, like, manscaping. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, like, and then they have the, uh, there's a photo on the wall that you never see. Yeah, like, it's, like it's a, a reveal, clipping. but it's a reveal to us. Yeah, it's not something yeah. we should have cut. Yeah, and it says, like, uh, New York promotes, like, first gay captain. Right. And uh, Jake's like, damn, I'm not a good detective. <laughs> And then uh, we cut to another car, and it's Rosa and Charles. And Rosa feels bad about Charles losing all that money on the ticket, so gives him money for him. And um, says, like, he's he's like, well, thanks, but, like, why don't you just go to the movies with me instead? It's like, no. <laughs> okay, well, this is Poor awkward. Charles. Yeah, she's like, well, it's not awkward. I like your company. You're sweet. We get back to the first car, and Amy's asking him more about uh, Holt about the coming out situation. And he says he came out about 25 years ago. And at the time, the NYPD wasn't really ready for an openly gay detective. And um, over time, that old guard died out. And then suddenly, the, you know, they couldn't wait to show off the fact that they had a highly ranked gay officer. And that's when he made captain, but they put him in, like, public affairs. He always wanted his own command, and now he finally has it, and he doesn't want, you know, it to get screwed up. And I think that's when, like, Jake finally realizes, like, you know, he's being a dick. And the reason that the captain's so strict is, like, because this means so much to him. And he really wants everything to go smooth because he's wanted this for so many years. Yeah. And to go back, I just him telling that story, too, it's like you can understand, too, when you talk about, like, 25 years prior. Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? Like, late 80s or whatever. It's not, it's not fashionable to be gay. You know what I mean? And it's, like, almost like a thing that they want to hide at the time in the NYPD. Yeah. And then you look at the modern day and, and we get into this stuff and... We see it, right? We see it with these companies and, you know, like, I, I think it's great when, like, companies want to show, like, uh, inclusiveness to all people. But there is that, like, forced thing that happens where all of a sudden it's the month of June and every company puts, like, a mm -hmm. rainbow logo on for a month. But it's like, but what did you really do for the community? Like, did you do anything yeah, for right. them? And yeah, it's, like, it's very forced. And in the same way now, the you know, in this, like, it's more fashionable to be inclusive. So now the police department's like, oh, look, we have this 
gay captain. Look at this. Like we've we've had him for years. And yeah, like, right. now they're like showcasing him. Yeah, that's a good equivalent, Jay. And uh, you know, but it's just the idea that now, like, however he got it, you know, he did he does have the merit for it. It's not just because he was gay. He he should have had it years ago. Correct. But now that the world kind of turned around a little bit now he's finally getting the opportunity he should have had, you know, 20 years ago. And because of that and the realization of everything going on, like I said, Jake's starting to feel a little guilty about it. From there, they all get inside of like this, uh, the area where they think that, um, the dude's at, and it's like this kind of like indoor storage locker unit. So when you get inside, you just see like blue door after blue door, like all the, like, yeah, it's very matrixy. Is this someone going, yup. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, man, I love Storage Wars in, in his day. <laughs> that's a um, great show. Too bad Joe's not here. Joe is like the Storage War carnosaur. I he? dressed as Barry for Halloween once. Oh, did you? Worst Halloween costume I've ever done. That's when they went downhill is when they lost Barry. It's one of those, it's one of those costumes, right, that it was funny to me because I love Storage Wars so much. But whenever you do a Halloween costume that you have to explain all night to everybody, it's like the fun of it's gone. Yeah. Oh, I believe it, man. When I was the Red Lantern that one year, I went, are you Spider-Man? Yeah. And I'm just wearing like, uh, you know, a gray hair wig and skull gloves and people are like, what the fuck is that? (laughs) But anyways, yeah, they get into this like storage uh, unit area and Hulk goes, looks like we all got door duty. (laughs) And Jake's like, oh, from before. Yeah, yeah, yeah. See, to me, that was the most Andy Samberg line of the whole show. Oh, the thing from before, yeah. And now we see, like, kind of the scene where they're all going, like, back and forth, trying to clear areas, and they're just, you know, going around for a minute. You get the, you have this one part where they go to turn a corner, and there's just, like, the like the cleaning woman standing there with her headphones on, and, like, Amy's trying to shoo her away, and she will not move, and she's, like, trying <laughs> to show her, like, her badge, and then it says police on her vest, and, like... The, the woman could give a fuck, and she's just yeah. like, turns okay, around okay. and shows it says maintenance on her back. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and he's like, unbelievable, chat. unbelievable. <laughs> I love, too, when they finally go around her. She goes out of her way with the mop to get in front of Amy. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, during this, uh, while they're finally going around, they, they finally run into Ratko. You know, he's like, you know, you can't stop me. I'm leaving. And Jake's like, actually, you're not going anywhere. And he's like, if you look to your left, you're going to see Boyle and Diaz. If you look to your right, you see Santiago. And if you look right behind you is Captain Holt. And he's like, you are surrounded. And and then at that moment, he goes, oh, my God, I just got the tie thing, Captain. I figured it out. <laughs> and Holt's like, now's not the time. He's like, it's a uniform. We're a team. The tie is part of uh, the team's uniform, right? Now, Jay, does he wear a tie from now on on the rest of the series? I don't recall. He, I really I, don't. I think he does, but very loosely. Like, he doesn't take it seriously, even when he does wear it. See, I hated this line. Like, I hated this whole interaction. Why? It it, it closes it, out a story. Like, it, it comes full circle. It does, but you, you didn't need to... I just don't like him. Well, that's and different. Like, oh, yeah. That's I a mean, different you either thing, don't though. like him or you don't like the story. Pick one, though. I, I, no, the story was fine. I just didn't like the dialogue. It like, was I corny it was... on purpose. I'll say that. Like, yeah, if they were doing corny. that in yeah. all seriousness, I would have rolled yeah. my eyes. But in the way they did it, they made it corny on purpose. So it worked. At this and he's doing it at the most inappropriate time. So it's like they're trying to capture this guy and now he's having an epiphany and trying to talk to the captain about it. And then, um, 
Rat goes like frustrated in the moment too because he's surrounded by everybody and they're having the side conversation. And now he tries to escape, but like I thought it was weird. Like so, when when he thinks he's like about to get caught, he like goes down, throws his gun down, and then runs. Like what's why would he throw his gun away? Maybe he thinks if he's unarmed, they won't shoot him if he tries to run. I think this was just poorly choreographed. I think the gun was the distraction for him to run away from it or something. I it just yeah, yeah I. It was weird. I just think it was just poorly done. I wonder if there's like a, like they can't shoot him if he's not considered a threat if he's running away. Yeah, I, I don't think it's anything that. Specific. Yeah, they probably I, didn't yeah. dig that deep into it. But My are. theory is that because he's putting down the gun, all the police officers' eyes are going to be on the gun to make sure it's down. So they're not in danger. So that when it's down, he it just gives him that split second to run. But yeah, in any event, it doesn't work, and he because he was surrounded, they catch him pretty much instantly, and they get him cuffed up. They're about to send him off, and Jake's like, "That's how we do it in the nine nine, sir. Catch bad guys and look good doing it." And Holt's like, "What's wrong with you?" He's like, "Never took off the speedo. Big mistake. It's inside of me." He's like, "Great work, team. Heads off." And that's the close of the episode. Um, yeah, again, to to round it out and talk about the show a little bit. Like I said, all but like the final episode or so I've watched this run and I would say for the most part, there's a few little things that get changed from the pilot on, but this is pretty much what the show is and kind of remains. I have a question Uh, and we didn't really touch on this in the beginning. There was no intro. No, but only in this episode. Okay. Okay. Which sucks because I love this intro song for this show. It's a good intro. But we hear the intro song during like this last scene, like when they're like going through the place. (laughs) Oh, okay. Okay. I didn't know that that was the intro because. Yeah. So they, they, they didn't do an intro in this episode, but from episode two on there is. And the song that is the intro song is used in this episode towards the end while they're doing the whole finding rat go in the storage area. But yeah. Any, um, any closing thoughts you guys want to bring up about the show? No, just some interesting facts. I don't know if you guys saw the trivia and stuff, but uh, Chelsea Peretti uh, auditioned for Rose's part. Um, obviously, they didn't pick her for Rose's part, but they liked her that they just created the uh, Gina Linetti character for her just to be on the show. And Gina and Sandberg, um, G- Gina and Sandberg, Gina and Jake were Chelsea and, and Andy Sandberg. We're friends. Um, there's like a picture of them. I don't know if you ever saw it. The they went to elementary like, school together. Yeah, there's a picture of them as kids yeah. together. Which like is what they say either. on the show, too. Yeah. Yeah, um, so that's um, art imitating life. Yeah, I mean, it's just uh, not a whole lot on this show, either. I mean, there's just so many... For the amount of people that have, like, notoriety on this show, when you go to look into the show, there's just not a whole lot about it. I will say this. I did yeah. not do... A whole lot of research at this one. I've been very busy the past week. But, um, yeah, just from my, my brief delve into the show, I didn't find a whole lot about it. You know what I thought was really interesting, which kind of confuses me, is when you look at this show and knowing the background as far as Michael Schur, like getting this show together and creating it, um, using Universal to film it and everything like that, and some of the people that they got were like people of notoriety, and then like someone like Andy Samberg, who's off of SNL and in the NBC family. For NBC to like not take the show at first, 
when they have the ties to Michael Sher, who's done Parks and Rec and stuff for him. They have Andy Samberg, who's been part of their family for a while. And, like, to think that, like, all the pieces are in play there for this to be successful and for them to pass up on it and to go to Fox instead, like, seems so weird to me. You're saying NBC passed up on it? They passed up on it, and that's how Fox got it. So Fox ends up buying it after NBC says no. Well. And that's why after Fox canceled it on season five, it got picked up by NBC for the last season. Yeah, NBC was kind of like, uh. Okay, this is our chance to yeah, this like, is our make up for it, our fuck up, uh, which I'm really glad they did. Yeah, but there's yeah, still it, more meat on the bone. But I feel like by season eight, they got to a weird point, right? Between and, th- and this is all public knowledge, but um, like in the off season, they were about to get started on season eight. The incident with George Floyd happened, and they didn't know how to attack like a cop show that was like very pro cop because the world was it was just not right. great timing for that and the pandemic so then like because of that gap they basically retooled the last season and they just kind of did like a condensed rounded out last season where it's like you know you see it on a lot of shows when they go into it knowing it's the last season so they just try to tie up as many loose ends as possible yeah and it was fine for what it was it wasn't like the best season out of all of them but it exists <laughs> and um i don't know like, yeah it would have been interesting and i wonder how different it would have looked if NBC had taken it from the beginning. Yeah, that's, um, I mean, do you think you notice a, a big, like, discernible difference pre and post NBC? No, on the but the show is so established. Yeah, you kind of had like to the, keep it going. You know, like, at that way, point, yeah. like, the framework's already there. And I just, I don't know. I just, I, I don't think Michael Schur would have shot it a different way, though. You know what I mean? He didn't care. No, but there's always notes and stuff from, like, the heads uh, of the studios yeah, and stuff to do certain things. Maybe some casting choices would have been a little different too. Sometimes they have a little bit of insight on that. But yeah, I don't know. I just found it like super odd, and and I, and ultimately, a little interesting that they that Fox gave up on it after the fifth season. Like it wasn't like a ratings juggernaut, but it was solid. It was kind of doing the same numbers by season five than it was in the first couple. I mean, it was doing well enough that like the fan, the fan, it was a big outpour, like, yeah, uh, outcry for the cancel the cancellation actually got NBC to pick it up. Right, and I think that was announced like a day later. Like as soon yeah, as like, it was, it was like the same day, I think actually. Yeah. Well, Fox has always had an itchy trigger finger with canceling shit. Look at like ABC's shows like Firefly and stuff. Like, yeah. yeah. No, what day was this on? Like recurring? Like does I that... don't remember the original time slot because I never watched it in its like original. Okay. Because I wonder if that had something to do with. It being canceled, maybe it was yeah, like it going up against yeah. like NBC's Thursday night. Yeah, which but that's was like structure Dirty Rock. Yeah, like Dirty Rock and like that whole block. Maybe I don't know. I could be could be wrong on that, but my suspicion. That's my 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 detective hat. I'm putting by 2013. On. All those shows were winding down, but yeah, I, I don't know. Um, I don't know exactly what it was up against or what time, but it was actually. Gordo hit the nail on the head. It was on on Thursday nights. Thursday uh, nights are tough. Yeah. So that's slated to be one of your top shows if you're putting it there. And I don't know. I feel like if it's not living up to its Thursday night, you can still put it on any other night of the yeah. week and make it the number one show. But And that's how you do it. Spitting facts and looking good. <laughs> yeah. Um. So I guess, yeah, let's go to the Green Letter Cancel. Uh, so uh, I'm going to go in the order I'm seeing you guys in. Um. Nick, you're first. Yeah, it's a green light. I was reminded about how, at the time, annoyed I was by Andy Samberg a little bit. Uh, that was not enough uh, to 
get a cancel out of this by any means, though, because the rest of the cast is just so good. Um, Holt, interesting new type of character. You don't have a lot of, you know, police workplace comedies. Like, there's a lot of police shows and there's a lot of workplace comedy shows, but the crossover isn't there. I, I mean, I'm sure there's something I'm not thinking of as far as shows go that... <laughs> Police Are Academy, there other... the series? Come no, on, man. that doesn't count. <laughs> Police um, Squad? But yeah, I mean, there's just there's just a lot to this show that makes me want to come back for more. Um, I, it, I really wanted to watch the second episode when this one was over. And yeah, it just, it just feels like a, a lot of fun that I want to keep going with. So, green light for me. Ferg. Yeah, that's a cancel for me. Um, I say this as an Andy Samberg fan again. He was just so off-putting this whole episode. And knowing that he's the main character, and I would have to see this for the entire season, it was just, it was really, really off-putting. And I liked some of the other characters, but they weren't enough knowing that they weren't the main characters and I'd have to deal with him. If he could just dial it back, which I hope he does later on, I think it would get a pass out of me. But even historically, when I watched this the first time, you know, I've watched shows I hate before. I watched... This first episode back when it first aired and I didn't go back. And I think it was for the same reason. It has such a big cast and like I had really high hopes for it. And I was very let down uh, back then. Watching it again, it wasn't as bad as I remembered, but it still wasn't enough for me to change my mind and pass it. So cancel. Gordo. Yeah, I mean, Nick and Ferg made very good points and... I am going to lean green light because, like Ferg, I don't like Andy Sandberg. I think he's too much uh, all the time. But I, do, even though he's the main character, he's not like the spotlight. I just felt like the way that it was shot, he was always opposite somebody else that, like, evened it out whether it was Holt or whether it was Amy or whether it was another member of the cast and I really liked the rest of the cast and I I found myself just wanting to watch episode two and give it a go because I didn't give the show a a, a watch back in the day because I didn't like Andy Sandberg and I never gave it a fair shot I'd like to see episode two, and I think I would be more judgmental at episode two than episode one. So I'll let kind of the things that I don't like slide, but I want to see how they how they move going forward. So green light for me. Yeah, so for me, um, I'm going to also green light it. I don't know. Like I said, the first time I watched it, it didn't capture me, but it wasn't the pilot episode. So I, I don't know really what it was at that time. And then going back now, like I said, I, I watched it during the pandemic, started at episode one, started binging. So the first episode got me then a few years ago, and it's it's getting me again now. Like, I, I just enjoy it. I think it's fun. There's a really good cast, uh, good energy to the show. And yeah, I, you know, I, I don't want to get too deep into it. I, I just, I enjoyed watching it. It's pretty much as simple as that. So with that being said, um, regardless of Joe's vo uh, vote, which you'll find out on our social media, again, S1E1Pod on Instagram, we'll have a graphic up for you later in the week, and that will tell you his vote, but regardless, we still have three out of four, so we're, either way, it's a green light for the show, congratulations to Brooklyn Nine-Nine, you get the green light, so I want to remind everyone again, S1E1Pod.com, that's where you can go to find all the information as to where to follow us, 
where you can interact with us on social medias. Hit us up on Twitter and Instagram. We like talking to you, finding out how you found us, stories, shows you want to hear us cover, all that fun stuff. And then additionally, if you go on Apple or Spotify and you can rate, review, all that stuff, that helps us out a lot. helps get the word out. So any way that you can help us get our name out there to other people, we very much appreciate it. With that all being said, thank you guys for listening. We're going to catch you again next week with another new episode. So thanks again. Goodbye. I think we got the best speedo up the butt. Sure. Why not?